Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. I'm your host, Ben James, back, unfortunately, on Welsh soil after my month and a half in France. I'm joined, as ever, by rugby correspondent Stefan Thomas, and we're joined by a very special guest, uh, someone keeping the French theme going a little bit longer on this podcast while we can. Just a Welsh rugby legend, fourth most caps, fourth highest point score for the national team, two Lions tours, three Six Nations titles, a Grand Slam, and the Wales captain to boot, Dan Bigger. Dan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad. Just uh, just about, I think, got over the the, uh, the quarterfinal loss. I think it's taken a couple of weeks to, um, to settle in and uh, and get over. But um, uh, yeah, not not too bad. I think um, probably more disappointed with not being part of the World Cup still because I thought it was such an amazing experience. It was an unbelievable uh, six weeks or whatever it was. We we were out in France and. Um, uh, it's just yeah, it's just about took a, took a, taking some time to get over, but feel feel a little bit better and a little bit more normal now in in uh, in, in back to normal normality, I suppose. Absolutely, and, and we were just chatting off air then about. I think you know you jumped on a plane pretty much immediately after after Marseille. I imagine that that helped a little bit, didn't it, just to get away from it? Yeah, I took um, took the family away to um, to Dubai for a week, which was which was nice because kind of just got away from the. Especially here in France and things, uh, you know, obviously World Cup fever and and everyone asking and things like that. So it was nice just to jump on a plane and get away with some to get some some more sun and um, and get away from it. The flight was, I wouldn't recommend a flight with a with a one year old for six and a half hours. Mind it was um, one one of the one of the tougher things I've done in life. I'll be honest with you for uh, for that duration of the flight. But it was it was nice. Yeah, I needed it to get away and. I was saying that the I didn't even manage I didn't even watch the semi-finals to be honest because the the time difference in Dubai went they, they weren't kicking off till about eleven o'clock in in Dubai and um, it was it was actually quite nice just not to watch or or hear any any matches which you know which we would have been a part of really and um, you know obviously the, the the semi-final which we would have been a part of would have been um, against the All Blacks and they looked in pretty pretty good neck in there as well to be fair so um so look who, who knows what would have happened if we'd have got there but i think you know i think we we're fully aware that, that, that i think i think the two best teams in the tournament are are in the final you know i know i know ireland and france have been exceptional as well but um i think the two best teams probably have just just about got there really and then after your, your time away in dubai how's the weather in in toulon because I, I was finding it a bit unbearable, to be honest. Uh, my my mid Wales roots. Yeah, well, to be fair, the week um, the week we had here was really good. Sort of twenty five, twenty six degrees, not a cloud. Whereas one of the reasons actually we we actually jumped on a plane was because the weather forecast wasn't actually that great. A bit cloudy, a little bit of rain. So uh, that's why if it, if it had stayed that weather, we probably would have hung about and and just stayed by the beach here. But um, uh, the weather's not, weather's all right. It's been good the last couple of days, but um, a little bit cloudier today and. Um, uh, and, and back to a bit of, I suppose, I suppose it is the end of October as well. Yes, we've, we've got to remember. So, um, but yeah, no, it's everything's pretty good. Uh, first couple of, I had my first day back in with Toulon yesterday, so that was kind of, um, I suppose, getting get, get to see everyone again and getting to know the new calls and, and everything. We play Sunday this week, so I don't, th- I don't think I'm going to be involved, which is, which is nicely in a, in a sense to sort of bed in for a couple of days first without being rushed back into the, um, the, the starting lineup. So. Um, yeah, that would be that would be quite nice to get a few days of training under my under my belt first. Are you in line for the Perpignan game away? I think that's probably yeah. I think that's probably what they'll they'll be looking to do. We play Oina uh, on Sunday, 
Then we play Perpignan the following Saturday in, uh, down in Perpignan. So I think that'll be probably the, the plan for myself and maybe one or two other boys who, who've come back and um, uh, to, to play. So, um, yeah, look, uh, the good thing about this league and this place is that you, you haven't got a huge amount of time to feel too sorry for yourself. There's, the games are pretty thick and fast. I think we've got, I think it's like 14 games on the spin after Sunday before we get a, a week off in the Six Nations. Which it, which feels strange because I'm actually I've actually planned some stuff in that week in the Six Nations which we which we know we've got off and it's the first time in 15 years I've been able to actually plan what to do during the Six Nations and plan two months three months in advance so uh, it's worked out it's actually I felt really strange being able to plan that and, and sit down and work around it rather than knowing that you're you're going into camp sort of there. Absolutely, because that, that that Perpignan game, obviously that's that falls on the same day as the Wales Barbarians game, which has ended up being a, a sort of farewell for for Alan Wynne Jones and, and Lee Halfpenny. Um, yeah, obviously it's a shame you don't get a, a Cardiff farewell, but yeah, but, 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 but the club it. duty calls. I think, I think I think that I think that that suits my career. Man. I, I I wouldn't have wanted one anyway. There wouldn't have been too many people to <laughs> to to uh, to wave me off anyway. I don't think so. It's great for it's obviously great for Lee and and, and obviously Al to, to represent the Barbars and Lee represent Wales one more time. And when I spoke yesterday about Lee as you know if, as probably the most professional player you'll you'll come across, almost probably too professional for his own good that he put, worked himself up into a into a frenzy most weeks before games, and you probably you couldn't speak to him before Thursday on a Thursday before the Test match. And um, but it just shows the commitment and everything he's achieved and the career he's had probably deserves a. Um, I set a one more send off for him before he before he decides what he's going to do next, and um, and the same for Al. I think Al probably missed out on a, a send off being you know retiring before the World Cup, and yeah, it'd be great. It'd be, I'm sure it'd be a great occasion, and but but for me, it's um, that part is that part is sort of is done now. I suppose it's um, it's it's an it's a new chapter, and a reason why it, why I did it, and uh, was was to be at home more and to be around the family more and. Uh, and just concentrate on week to week rather than rather than planning your season out months in advance type of thing. Absolutely. You, you mentioned Lee there being very professional. I mean, when you were working in a group with you, Neil Jenkins and and Lee, were you the relaxed one? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, depends. Sometimes, Jen, Jen, well, you know you're you know you're struggling if you're choosing between me and Jen to the relaxed <laughs> one who I was sort of thing. So. Um, Normally, it'd be normally me and Jenks rowing at each other and shouting at each other, and Ben's just working himself up if he's missed one out of twenty-five kicks or something like that. So, um, uh, no, we had a, we've had, obviously we've had some good times over the years, the three of us. We've we've spent a lot of time together, a lot of years since since we were sort of fifteen, sixteen, and um, I think me and Lee have both stated that probably we wouldn't have have had anywhere near the careers we've had if it wasn't for Neil. I think the the amount of effort he puts in with us. Uh, the way he speaks to us, the just the time he's got for us, just how how good he is, how good he is at, at his job as well, and how how simple he is. He doesn't overcomplicate things, and um, a lot of the time with with myself and Lee, it's just the odd little word or the odd little comment which which helps us uh, rather than something big and technical. So um, we've we've both been very very lucky to have Neil in our in our careers, and like I said, I think there's there's no doubt that we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be sitting where we are now without without him for sure. Because obviously, you you and Lee had a fantastic career, sort of running parallel to each other. Obviously, you know, growing up, you know, yep. as mates in, in your teenage years, um, 
you know, kicking sort of together, making your debut for Wales a week apart. And then I think I saw a great start, I think from Russ Petty on Twitter, that in the last 15 years, 32% of Wales's points have come from you two. <laughs> we can't we can't have been that rubbish then. um yeah no it, it has it's been it's been great to share Lee and we've always sort of always made a bit of a thing to to stand by each other in the anthem and things and uh, I think we've both been pleased for each other when times have gone well and we've both been we've both found it hard for each other when times you know we've had disappointing losses or bad performances or tough times as well so yeah it's been, it's been a really nice way to obviously especially with Lee we started out in the Ospreys Academy when we were sort of 14, 15, training in the morning before college and before school and getting taxis then and getting shipped around all up to Clandarsi for the for the evening session and Aberavon Beach on a Saturday morning type of thing. So, you know, all those things which we which people don't know or see about or hear about, we've sort of shared together and it's it's been really nice to have, like I said, of we made a bit of a joke at the end of, of the World Cup and we said well, we, we can't have done too bad to, to have knocked around for 15 years and and sort of stuck it out and, and things like that. So, um, no, it's been great. It's been great to, to share it with him and, like I said, running basically running parallel with each other. And also, I think what we've said, what we said as well, we had a chat and we said that we, we're really grateful um, that we, 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 were, we were in an era where we were able to to have some real success as well. You know, you know who knows what the next ten years is going to look like. But the last, the previous ten years, certainly that ten year period where we were in the team was was it was a really good good period for Welsh rugby, and uh, we're really glad that our careers haven't just we haven't just lasted the fifteen years. We've had some real highs as well. Of course, we've had some lows as well, and some tough times and some bad results and and bits and pieces. But I think over over the over the course of those fifteen years, there's certainly more good times than, than bad times in it, and I think we're we're, we're quite pleased that we can sort of sit, sit back now and, uh, and say that we, did, we didn't do too bad and, and we went out on our own terms as well a little bit we were able to call it rather than you know perhaps injury or, or being shoved out the door sort of thing Dan when, when you, you talk you're talking about like the the future obviously in terms of the World Cup squad it looked like Warren had a bit of an eye on 2027 as well because you know, a lot of younger players there especially in the training camp how, how do you you know as a fan now then, having worked with some of these players who you'd expect to be there for a long time, do you think the future's bright? I mean, what what did you make of the next generation? No, I, I, I truly believe the future is bright. I think that, you know, obviously we've been through a couple of tough years, haven't we, in terms of uh, a fair bit of pain and things. But I think I think what was really important that we gathered a little bit of momentum in the, you know, obviously beating England in the warm-up and then obviously in the pool stages and on the whole, I think the World Cup from where we were was, I'd say, um, a success beforehand, but obviously probably a little bit, just a bit of a failure towards the end considering where we were. So so I think the important thing is, a long way around, the, the answer is that I think the likes of your Sam Costellos, your Rio Dias, uh, your boys like that, who who are going to be there for the next sort of five, six, seven years, it's important that they came into a team who had done okay as well, rather than coming into a team. So I think that's going to stand them in really good stead. And uh, you like to see your Mason Grady's and, and boys like that. They're, they're only going to get better the more they play as well. And I think we've got the potential, you know, that in a four-year cycle, and to be fair, Gats is normally pretty good at, at peaking at, at the right time and getting a team ready for a World Cup. I think there's huge amounts of positives to to be had in that squad. And you look at, there's, you know, you take obviously with boys like myself and Lee and those boys, Liam and perhaps those boys who are at the other end of the scale, 
there's going to be a that group. I think is going to be around and together for for quite some time over the next few years, and they're only going to get better the more they play, train, and and spend time together. How do you assess Sam Costello then as a an outside half yourself? What what do you like about him? He's you know what he's a brilliant kid. He's a brilliant guy who works his absolute socks off. Got a huge got a huge appetite for work. Uh, brave, tenacious, uh, mentally tough, and and I think for playing ten for, for number ten for Wales, those are those are the key attributes you have. Forget about your actual skill and your ability and things like that. You've got to be exactly what I've said about Sam. And um, he's got that am- amongst the skill and the talent as well. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be some up- ups and downs over the next couple of years for him. But I think over the ho- on the whole, I think the more time he plays in that number 10 shirt and the more, more time he gets to really put his stamp on on his team then, which is, which is what it looks like it's going to be. I think he's going to have a brilliant career ahead of him. I really like Sam as a bloke. I thought he's, I thought he he did really really well in the in the World Cup on the warm up games, and I think he's got everything about him to to make a really successful career. And um, I, I said to him, I said, look, it's going to be tough as well. There's going to be times where it's going to be hard work, and you're probably going to take some flack, which is um, which you feel is probably a little bit unjust. But um, I'm, he's I want to, like I said at the start, he's got the ability, the confidence, the tenaciousness to probably shrug that off a little bit and and go and uh, go and plow on and and work at his game and work at the team you know you know you talk about um you, you made a, i thought you made a good point at the start that even though the argentinian defeat was disappointing wales you know the, you have to look at it in context and you obviously from the six nations are on an upward trajectory yeah. what what was the biggest biggest difference that warren brought in um in comparison to the previous coaches that allowed the players to to get better, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if there was a huge. I, I think we we probably just went back to a bit of basics in terms of we we all knew a lot of us knew what the what the camps in Turkey and Switzerland were kind of about, and I think that's just got a bit of a mindset of us just working hard and and crafting and rather rather than us perhaps just just going through the motions. And I think I, th- I think what he did, he installed a bit of belief in us from that from from the moment, and and you know. We we don't know what how hard Ireland were working or France were working or New Zealand were working, but sometimes if someone says if someone says something enough times to you, you you're more inclined to believe it, aren't you? So I think the message of us just working hard and going back to basics really suited us quite nicely, and 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 also I think it really helped us going away out of Wales for most of the summer, if I'm honest, because um, I felt a little bit like that towards the end of the Six Nations. I felt that week in Paris and Rome we had, or uh, sorry, and Nice we had was was really beneficial to us in terms of just getting out of the goldfish ball, getting out away from everyone asking questions, almost in our own little bubble. And that's what it felt like almost from day one in Switzerland to to the end of the quarterfinal defeat. So I think that's what he built a really good environment for us to just work hard, concentrate on rugby and nothing else when we were away from home. And, and I suppose just install some belief in us that, you know, we had the talent and we had the group to go on and, Make the make you know win the group and qualify from the group and and I think we just we just believed in that the the more time we spent together with Warren and and the team. It's, it's funny you mentioned that that week away at the end of the Six Nations because I mean you know I'm I'm on the other side of the fence as a journalist and I I quite enjoyed that getting away from the veil after the uh, after all the strike stuff <laughs> to be honest you know I remember you yeah. know the, the long days we spent at the veil that that England week and you know all the the whispers and the rumours going on and it was just a, it was a mess and that that week in in Nice was great and then there was the game in Paris obviously the end of the Six Nations and I think Warren basically got you all 
inside in, in the change room and basically said, well, you know, if anyone doesn't want to go through the hard work for the World Cup, speak up now. Obviously no one did. But from that point onwards, was it then you almost raring to go for the summer? I thought, yeah, I think so. I think we, I think we realised that we, uh, although we lost in France, I thought there were signs of us playing a little bit better in, in the in the Italy game and the France game. I, I really believe that, and I and I think yeah, I think we just knew that what was coming was going to be hard work. When what what was coming was going to be beneficial for for us and Welsh rugby and and for us individually. And I think it was just important that we again we picked a larger squad and probably that that was was with an eye to 2027 as well but i just thought we 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 just knuckled down and i think that was the biggest thing like i said that was probably the biggest strength of warren that we we probably just knuckled down got out of the goldfish bowl and um and applied ourselves and i think that then showed up in the in the games in the world cup in particular and looking back now to the six nations looking back to your point step really if someone had, had offered you after that england week that we'd have we'd have won the group you know, I say comfortably, but you know, we'd we'd have won the group with a bit of despair, and and then made a quarter final and lost in the quarters. Probably people would have snapped your hand off, wouldn't they? But then when you when you're in the moment and things, it it, it definitely felt a little bit like we were a little bit short by the end of the World Cup, sort of thing. So um, yeah, it, it's funny how time changes. And I remember doing a, uh, an interview just um, just before the end of the season, and I said, look, I think the more time we spend together, we've got a good chance of maybe shocking a few people and. And, you know, I'm sure that there would have been a lot of people back in Fiji to win, back in Australia to win, and, and even maybe us struggling against or Georgia and, uh, and Portugal. So um, I, I, just, I, just, I just think it was, it was what was needed. I think it was, it was good timing for us to get to Nice and um, get, out of, get out of Wales. And, uh, and then I think it was good timing for us just to be in Switzerland for two weeks, Turkey for a week and, and the warm-up games. And just, it just suited us a little bit getting out of the goldfish bowl. Now, now we're not going to have that lot. Wales aren't going to have that luxury over the next couple of years. That you know, it's going to be in the Vale and back to Six Nations and Autumns and summer tours and things. But I just thought that the type for where we were at at that point during the Six Nations, it was exactly what was needed. And I suppose we just stripped it back, went back to basics, and and got some results out off the back of it. Yeah, you know, like you get these this debate. I don't want to open a can of worms. But you know, like you, some people prefer the players playing in Wales, but Obviously, if you're playing outdoors, playing for a great club, great coaches, that's going to benefit you as well. Do, do you find it, you know, you know, when you were playing for, well, obviously more Toulon than Northampton, having to like fly back to France on the follow weekends of the Six Nations and stuff. How how much does that actually affect preparation in, in Six Nations and stuff? I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Seb. I, I can only speak from experience. I've had it incredibly easy. The clubs I've been at have been unbelievably understandable. Um, Chris Boyd in particular at Northampton was incredible. Pierre for the Six Nations in, in when I was in Toulon. They're, I think they realised that, like, look, they, me flying back, and I know lots of teams do it and players do it, but I think you get way more out of the player if you are a bit sensible with things. So for me, I can, I can only speak from my experience that I'll be honest with you, I didn't have to do it very often in the time. I don't know, perhaps it was reported that I did or whatever, but it was, it, it worked out really nicely for me that I was able to sort of just stay in camp a little bit and rest up some injuries and some bumps and things. But, but I, do, I do think that players have, got a, like, players have got choices as well. Like, nobody forces anybody to sign a contract. So if you, if, you're, if you sign the deal that, you know, you can go play abroad or play in England, whatever, but you know that you have to come back in the six, in the fallow weeks and, uh, you have to play when other other boys are getting breaks and things like that. You, 
you've got to suck it up and get on with it because that's you know that's that's what you sign for and there's high chance unless you get very lucky like I did then there's a high chance you're gonna to have to do that most weeks and, and and be bashed up so who knows what the right answer is for playing in Wales or playing outside of Wales is I all I can say from my experience is I've absolutely loved my experience of of traveling a little bit of playing abroad playing in England playing in France meeting new people meeting new coaches new ideas living in a different place getting out of the comfort zone and and just, I suppose, just enjoying, enjoying being out, being outside of Wales a little bit. But it's it's funny that the two places I probably picked, Northampton, which is an absolutely rugby mad town, and there's tons of pressure on you, and there's scrutiny on you every weekend too long, which is probably ten times worse again. So I probably picked two places which are very similar to Wales in terms of the pressure on you and and things like that. But look, for me, I, I think you. Whether wherever you're playing, you pick your best players. And if your best 15 players or 23 players play in Wales, then you pick them. If, they, if they're all playing in England or whatever, then then you've got to pick your best players wherever they play. That's that's my opinion on it. So I was I was about to ask about your relationship with the sort of the Welsh rugby goldfish ball and all the pressures that come with playing with the number 10 jersey. But I never really thought about the fact that in your two trips yeah. outside the Wales, you have found pressure elsewhere in terms of Northampton and Toulon. Um, but I mean, you are, you are, from the six weeks in France, it is clear that you are already adored in France. I think that that much is obvious. But just, just in terms of the 15 years you've spent in, in, in and around the Welsh 10 jersey, what, what is that relationship like? Because from the outside, it, it's fascinating that it's, all, it's almost a greater emphasis on that position than any other. Yeah, I, I think, um, <laughs> I think it's, it is exactly that. I think there's, it always seems, I think, you know, you, you probably gain more from it when things go well, but you 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 also have to take the hit as well when, when perhaps things don't go so well, or even when things aren't perhaps your, necessarily your fault or whatever, you, it, it comes with the territory. And and again, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying about people playing, con- you know, no one forced me to play number 10 or, you know, play number 10 for Wales. And you have to accept that it is what it is. Now, do do I do I think that the I think I think the number ten jersey in Wales is there's too much hype around it if I if you want my honest opinion because there's certain games where you could you could have you could have Dan Carter or whatever playing it in a ten and you're going to be up against it from from a team performance or whatever and I do believe that there's probably a bit too much hype around it but that's that's what it is uh, and for me I've almost preferred. I've almost preferred the pressure of when things haven't gone so well and I've been written off a little bit and it's almost a bit of a mentality of proving people wrong and 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 sort of firing back at a few critics type of thing rather than people singing your praises and uh, saying how good you are sort of thing. So I think, from like you said, there's I speak to spoke to Steve Jones about this and, and Jenks a little bit and you, you just, what you've got to do when you're in that position, you've got to make sure that you just you just focus on you and the team rather than thinking about like the pressures that comes with it, the, the, the external noise and things like that. And, uh, f- for me, I've just, I've just enjoyed concentrating on myself. And to be honest, I've almost enjoyed just writing a few people off as well type of thing when I've had some, some critics and I've enjoyed that, that type of, that type of relationship with it. It's, 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 it's not easy. It's, it's a tough old spot to play when things aren't going well. And you know that the likelihood is you're going to take the brunt of it, but, it is what it is, and like I said, the rewards are great, but you also have to take a fair bit of flack as well. Do you enjoy that though? You know, you know, like the obviously it's a stupid question to ask. No, nobody enjoys flack, but do you, do you enjoy like when 
when people criticize you and then you 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 prove them wrong if you see what i mean is that something yeah, that I, really motivates I, I, you? I, I, um, I actually i actually don't mind i actually don't mind criticism or flack honestly i i think i think when it's when it's just about your game individually i think there's that's absolutely fine i think when you've got you know the per, you know people commenting on you as a personality or a person then that's that's a different you know that's what really probably is is frustrating but you know, you get you're gonna have, and and you, but the thing is, you 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 don't need I I don't need anybody to tell me if I played well or bad, or poorly. Like I I know if I played well or I know if I played poorly, or if I know if I made errors or played well or done lots of good things. So for me, it's always been more pleasurable to to sort of almost when I've been under a bit more pressure in terms of people sort of writing you off a little bit, and and I suppose so almost when almost when you're sort of thinking you're done a little bit people are written you off and things like that it's been great to just sort of uh, come back and, and stick it out really and and, and perform at, at, at a level i know i can so um i've enjoyed i've enjoyed the the pressures of what's come with it um will i will i be will i be glad not to have it anymore possibly possibly you know i i don't know i may miss it but i think for me it's been a it's been a proper proper roller coaster of a, of a journey in that jersey and I, I'd like to think there's been more ups and downs in it, and it's one of those jerseys which is just, just, just hyped up probably a little bit too much. Um, and I think probably, and one thing I'd say is for for people and media and everyone probably just to give, the, you know, the next guy Sam particularly if it, if it is him to to probably just give him a little cut him a little bit of slack and just you know they, there's going to be good good times bad times and just just let let him find his feet. To, the more time he plays in the in the jersey, then he's going to get better and better. It's clear that's the sort of the advice you've you've given Sam, and he's going to take over the the ten jersey. Am I right in thinking he's also taken over laundry duty from you in camp? He has, yeah, yeah. We didn't have because obviously how abruptly it finished um, last week, uh, two weekends ago. We we didn't get a chance to do the official handover of the uh, the laundry bag sort of thing. So. Um, so yeah, I, I'll be honest. I've, I've picked the two most pressure positions in in Welsh rugby. I picked the number ten shirt and head of laundry for, for fifteen years, where basically anything goes missing or anything that's not not washed properly, uh, I'm taking a fair bit of flack from the team in, internally as well. So um, so I'll be glad to. I, I think I'll probably be glad to pass off the laundry um, the laundry one more than the Welsh ten shirt. I'll be honest with you. Have you you've been doing that since? So he's got, so he's, oh, got, he's, got so he's got a ton of he's got a ton of pressure on him basically coming up over the next few years. So you, you've been doing laundry since if you came into camp? 2008, my, my, yeah, my first campaign wow. uh, took over. Took over from I think it was I think it was Peel. Dwayne Peel was was on was on laundry then, so I think I took over from him. My, I, I thought of I sort of bought into it quite a lot. I sort of made my own signs and area for the laundry and worked with Alan Phillips and things and to sort of get things on time and everything. And um, and I think then from, once you do something halfway, all right, the first couple of times you you're stuck with it then and normally it's kind of like the the youngsters or the new guys who come on laundry but the the, the lads decided to keep me on it for I, th- I think probably it's a bit of a punishment for me as well for for no real reason apart from probably that it was me but um uh but i actually quite enjoyed it as well to be fair i actually quite enjoyed it, it was part i was part of the furniture in, in the camp for for me then I, Aaron Wainwright did suggest, and I'm not trying to create a sort of civil war in Welsh rugby, but he did suggest that you'd um, checked out a little bit during the World Cup of laundry duty. I don't know if that's the case, or if that's <laughs> just Aaron causing problems. Yeah, well, there's no pleasing some people, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, th- I, think, I think I was, um, I'm not quite sure what, like I've had, I've had some requests in, or 
to, can I can I put my shoes in to be cleaned and um, all these bits and pieces. So uh, I'd like to think I still stayed committed to the end. I'm not quite sure what more I could have done during the campaign. So I'll have to maybe have a have a word with Aaron and see what his issues were with the, with the laundry committee. I'll have to pass them on to to the next CEO. It's one of many sort of interesting tidbits you, you you find out during the World Cup. The other one was the superheroes thing, which I wasn't expecting at all when yeah. it came out of John Thomas's mouth in that press conference, um, speaking about <laughs> replacing Falatau. I won't lie, it took a fair bit of Googling to find out who Bullseye was. Yeah, it wasn't really one which was off the... Off the I suppose everyone would know, but um, I just thought that over the over the years, being been, been fairly accurate with the kicking game and... Um, kind of just just went with that really i was running out of ideas I, I was one of the last to present as well so all the i suppose all the well-known one and and, and boys like that were were pretty much taken so um uh yeah i was I, I was relatively happy with 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 that and um there's a few good ones over the years i think i think the, the the general obviously was a bit of fun as well but the general theme behind it was time kind of just a we wanted boys to play to their strengths and what their strengths were was what was going to help Wales win rugby matches. And, you know, there's, there's no point in asking me to try sprinting around or beating tw- five defenders and scoring a 50-yard, you know, like, that's not in, in my skill set or whatever. So I think what Gats did was was quite, was good in that sense that, you know, everyone's got like a super strength or everyone's got a, a strength individually. And if you bring that and what you're good at, and Gats has always been quite quite good on, if your if your skill is X, or Y, or Z, then then make sure you you really practice your strengths because that's that's what separates you from um, from everybody else. So it was yeah it was, it was a bit of fun as well, but it was it was I think it I think it it hit home that the boys stuck to what they were good at rather than perhaps going off script a little bit more and, and, and forcing things. What's the culture like at Toulon in terms of like coaching and? Um... You know, I imagine you know just just the general rugby lifestyle. I imagine it's quite a bit different to to what you used to back in Wales. And, yeah, and no, no, it is di- it is different. It's I mean, obviously, a there's a there's a there's a language barrier as well, which which you have to get by. Um, the, but the the general, it's it's kind of a little bit more. In fairness to Toulon, we're actually relatively structured in terms of our week and things like that. We're from some some of the stories you hear about perhaps French rugby and things, but it's different. You know, the the, the emphasis is massively on your home matches. The emphasis is on um, sort of emotion and passion and um, making sure that all your your, your basics are, are done really well. And I suppose the the cult the culture is just. Yeah, completely different to to UK. I know it's they, they you know the nine o'clock kickoff on Sunday nights are just absolutely crazy. There's fifteen, sixteen thousand people stacked into the stadium. You got you go to the the aftermatch function afterwards, and at twelve o'clock at night, and you got absolutely the every room is chock a block. The, there's kids running around everywhere. We've got school at eight o'clock the following morning, and. Um, it's what it is out here is that rugby is rugby is life out here effectively, and every everyone and Pierre Mignoni in particular has stressed to us that we we're playing for the people of Toulon and um, and Toulon's very much a working class town and 
and people's highlight is sort of Saturday afternoon for for the rugby. And um, yeah, it, it is different. It is different. You have to get get by, and and sometimes you think that there's things which you you know you're not used to or which you don't do in the UK. And whether it's scheduling, whether it's timings, different ideas on the pitch or whatever, but you you just got to go with it. And um, certainly for me, in the first year or so I've been here, it's kind of just absorbing everything, taking everything on board rather than rather than trying to trying to change everything or force force something through it immediately it's just making sure that you you buy into what is what is already here and you add your little bit yeah you know you know you go back like uh, quite a while now you know Toulon were the they were the best team in Europe and they, they went I think they went three Heineken Cups on the trot they're still obviously very good but haven't hit those heights is that the target for the club to get back to yeah you know, and for you as well win Champions Cup yeah, that's, I think I think that's that's the aim. I think you've only you, you know anybody who spends a day or a couple of days in the in the, the new training center and um, see the facilities and the vision and the um, the ambition of the president and 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 the club and the coaches. It's plain to see that they're that's that's the aim is to get back winning winning big trophies. And you know I know we 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 won the Challenge Cup last year, which was which was a decent start um, to put some silverware in the cabinet. But you know I think. This club and this this place expects probably a little bit more, and I think that the aim is is to make sure that we build a team who have um, who have got the ability to go in into big big matches at the end of the year uh, and compete and and really really push for for big trophies. Um, I think you, you don't realize how big I I didn't realize how big the top fourteen is domestically here until you until you play and speak to people about it. It's it's an absolutely huge product, which they've absolutely nailed in terms of their marketing, their, their the, the product itself, the, the the fan base, and I think that's one thing which you know it would be really special to be a part of at the end of the season as well, to be part of those big, big playoff games and semi-finals, and obviously a, a showpiece in in Paris at the end would be would be a dream to finish off, and um, I think that's that's the plan for me. It's, it also allows me to really focus on just working at structures and scheduling and improving for Toulon rather than having to think I've got to jump on a plane in January or go on tour and have a short preseason in in the summer or whatever so I think that that will allow me to to hopefully improve as a player improve as a person um and I said it before I think it's really important you know I'm not I'm not, everyone's got to do what's right for them but I'm a huge believer in just test yourself get out and and you know whether you whether you're in England, France, Japan, wherever you go, go and test yourself and, and get yourself out of the comfort zone. And because it's it suited me really nicely, I really enjoy doing it, and uh, I think it's it's vital for for boys to experience different parts of of rugby as often as they can. Just speaking to speaking to Al, who's been of the year for the next few weeks before before leaving, he said he absolutely loved his time here, and he's only been here a few months. But you know, for someone who spent his whole career at the Ospreys and in Wales, someone like him to say how much he's enjoyed the last six months. Um, trying something new and, and and things, I think it's it speaks volumes of how important it is to to try these things and put yourself in different positions. Absolutely, uh, we've sort of flitted around your fifteen years in in Test rugby a bit, but you know now you've had a chance to sort of reflect. What will be the abiding memories? I think overall, I think that the the general feeling from me sitting here now is probably a huge amount of pride pride that I've. I suppose I managed to stick it out. Really happy to have finished on my own terms. That was hugely important for me. And I suppose just the 
I suppose what I will miss is the people, the people in the, you know, people like Caroline Morgan and all the ma- all the management in in the side. You know, people who perhaps don't get a mention. You know, all the analyst guys who've been part of the furniture for forever long. And um, I suppose just go rocking up to the Vale every day will be something I'll really really miss for every campaign. Um, but I, th- I think if I was just to pick out a couple of memories, I'd probably pick the 2013 Six Nations where we beat England was a was a huge huge um, I suppose career highlight. I'd say the it's funny, isn't it? But probably all the all the the three championships we won were all equally different and special. I actually really enjoyed the 2019 tournament because obviously me and Gareth found a, a, a really good sort of combination um, of sort of starting and finishing games and and adding. And um, I actually really enjoyed that sort of year where I was come, perhaps coming off the bench and and perhaps sort of not having the pressure. It was almost like a bit of a spectacle for me away from the number 10 jersey where you could go under the radar a little bit and just come on the and, and, and add impact and finish a game off type of thing. So so that was quite, that was, those three championships were brilliant. But probably for me, the one of the best experiences I've had in, in a Welsh year was a summer tour to South Africa in, uh, was it last, was it last year? Last year now, <laughs> was only, it last summer? last year. Um, it, feels, it feels about four years ago. But um, I think that was as good a group as I've ever been a part of. Um, obviously, the rugby we played was brilliant. I'm really unfortunate not to probably win a series, but to win, be the first team to beat South Africa in South Africa as a, as a Welsh team, to be captain on that day. And just the whole tour, the whole group, we we just had an absolute brilliant tour, brilliant time, and um, that will stick with me as one of the best one of the best memories I've had in, uh, in those 15 years, yeah. What, what did it mean to you to captain Wales? For, it was it was special, obviously, but it was probably more special for me because I'm not, you know, I'm not saying for one minute I'm probably typically captain material type of thing. You know what I mean? So for for someone to have faith in me and and confidence in me to 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 be able to do that was was a huge was a huge boost uh, boost for me. And I suppose I really enjoyed the um, the media side of it. I really enjoyed sort of speaking quite honestly because I, you know. I, I really enjoy just, you know, being honest and speaking openly in, in press conferences rather than perhaps just hiding behind some pretty pretty average and, and, and standard, bog standard answers sort of thing. So, um, yeah, no, it, it meant a huge amount to me and I was, um, yeah, re- loved doing it for the for the year or whatever it was. And But but also I, fe- I felt like even in the, my years before that, I felt like, even though I wasn't captain, I was still able to have, obviously as a 10, you have a huge input on the team anyway, and you're able to lead and, and put your input on the team anyway. So um, whether I was captain or not kind of didn't make a huge difference to me in that sense, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's funny you mentioned sort of wanting to give, you know, better answers and, and being more honest. That was, again, that's one of the standout moments, I think, of the World Cup was those minutes after the game in Marseille. Obviously you were doing your mail column with Nick Simon, yeah, and then you were still in your Wales kit at this point, in, in sort of deep in 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 the stadium, and then you stopped and gave ten minutes to one French journalist, ten minutes to another, and you hadn't even got to the mix zone yet. And you you know you've given, and I don't I don't know if you're aware, but there was an Argentinian journalist who was looking at Nick Simon like he was a god because he, he couldn't he could not <laughs> understand how he'd managed to get a, a Wales player out to do that. He's like we we don't get that in Argentina, and he was almost he was almost kissing Nick's feet and. Uh, <laughs> Nick, be happy yeah, he, he looked confused to be honest, Nick, which isn't the first time, but uh, yeah, it was just 
it was just one of those moments where I was, you know, I don't think you really appreciate from a journalist point of view how, how much of a novelty that almost is, the, the openness and... Well, it's just, like I said, and that's the thing, I've, there's no otherwise I'd just agree not to do interviews or whatever because if, if you're going to do an interview, you may as well say what you feel and, um, and what you actually what you actually think otherwise there's no point in speaking you know, cause I, cause I'm, whenever I whenever I watch press conferences or sport or whatever afterwards you want to you want to see the characters and you want to hear them speak don't you and I guess away away from the field in terms of your 15 years who have been the sort of standouts roommates I know Thomas Francis has been yeah, you, you yeah Franny, Franny's, uh, Franny'd be disappointed if I didn't give a mention. Um, since 2015, we we um, we roomed together, so he's a pretty good roommate. No, he's, he'd have to be up there. Um, so I think he's gonna maybe stay one night a week with me when he's when he first out moves out to Axon Provence as well. So um, after I'll have to make sure I charge him decent rent. Um, no, the boys like boys like Tips who I played with for years and years. Uh, Dan Lydia, Liam Williams. Uh, Gareth Davis, Thomas Williams, you know, there's there's so many to mention, but just just everyone, I mean, I've I've really enjoyed sort of the group of lads we've had over the you know the, the dynamic dynamic change from when I came in the the squad the first squad I was in you had obviously Steve Mellon Nugget boys like that as a, as you know your absolute real senior pros who've been around for ages and you're coming in whereas then you know you you get into your own senior group type of thing then with myself George. Uh, Liam Lee, uh, Foxy boys like that, and um, yeah, it's, it's just been there's been too many boys and thing, but probably um, Franny Franny probably just about pips it for um, for roommates. We had, a, we had a, again back into it 2022 in South Africa. We had a good group. We had a we had like a couple of rooms on the same floor, and we had me myself, Thomas Williams, Josh Adams, Dylan Lewis, and and Franny coming in for Love Island every night and having a cup of tea every night and just chatting absolute rubbish. So um uh, I'll I'll keep what was I'll keep what was said in the room to just to ourselves, but we we chatted some absolute rubbish for while the while the while the program was on and had a cup of tea and um like I said, that that that's all was was right up there for for probably some of the best times I've had in a in a Welsh jersey. Yeah. I go on. What's the what's the weirdest team talk you've ever heard in the changing room? Weirdest team talk? Well, um, I I can't think of anything off the top of my head. How did you approach it? Did are you sort of do you prepare? Ah, uh, yeah. I, I suppose I suppose I tried to try to put a little bit of my personality into the team a little bit, scrapping for everything, um, chasing everything down, working your absolute socks off, and. Um, enjoying big occasions and putting that little bit of a stamp on it, really, rather than perhaps going too technical and things. Because I think when you when you when you get to sort of you know the day of the game or before the game, you kind of all the details already done. So it's just about making sure you you make sure that you deliver emotionally. Because when you if you're there emotionally, you've got a good chance of of performing and, and delivering everything technically. And I think I, that's what I tried to do. I tried to put a little bit of my personality into the team from, from those bits and pieces and, and try and get us to, to, to be a team of uh, people who just commit to everything, chase everything down, work for every, every blade of grass on the field. And, and even, like I said, even when I wasn't captain, I tried, that's what I tried to install a little bit into the group that we have to, if we're emotionally there, then we've got a, we've got a heck of a chance of winning. Perfect. Uh, I'm still a little bit taken aback by the the Love Island revelation, to be honest, Dan. Because 
when I when I did, when I did the Lions in twenty one, half the reason I went was to get away from Love Island. Yeah, in fairness, it wasn't perhaps it wasn't the actual program, but we had some good company in the in the room, sort of thing, <laughs> chatting chatting the rubbish. So um, that was just it was just worked out that that was the program that was on, and the boys were keen to chuck it on. So uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, well, perfect. Well, um, I think that's where we'll call the podcast today, gents. Dan, it's been a pleasure having you on. Really appreciate appreciate you doing it. Um, and Steph, no problem as ever. Thanks. If you have enjoyed the podcast, do make sure to uh, to drop it a review. And until the next one, goodbye. 